I'm Bob McDonald, and you're listening to CBC Radio's Quirks and Quarks. How does he do it? How does Santa make it around the world in one single night, get down millions of chimneys, and deliver all those presents? Well, most scientists say it's impossible. In fact, there's at least one email that circulates every year pointing out the scientific limitations on Santa's miraculous maneuvers. To deliver gifts to all who deserve them, they assert, Santa would need to move so fast that he would vaporize due to air resistance, be torn to pieces by acceleration. Well, ho, ho, hold on a moment, says Dr. Larry Silverberg from North Carolina State University. He's a rocket scientist and a professor of engineering, and he not only thinks Santa gets all the presents delivered each year in one night, he's got a set of theories for how it's done. Dr. Silverberg, welcome to Quirks and Quarks. Thank you. Now, we'll look at the specifics of your your ideas in a moment, but to start with, can you just give me an overview? Uh, What parts of the Santa Claus story are you able to explain scientifically? Well, first off, there's conditions up at the North Pole. How did Santa get there? How did he begin and, and get to the point where he has so much technology that he can actually make something like this possible? And then the second part of this is really, what are the specific elements of the technology that make it possible? How does he create more time to be able to get the presents to the kids? How does he... Um, know what kids are thinking. How does he get the presents into the house? Okay, create more time. I like that end of it. Well, let's let's break these apart one at a time now. Uh, now, one of the aspects is the physics of how he actually gets to every house in one night. Now, what's going on there? Well, we think that uh, through relativity, he's created something we call relativity clouds. And if you put an object in the relativity cloud, time and space function differently. Uh, so, for example, in the relativity cloud, he could even put something as large as the sleigh and the reindeer, and he'd have six months in his reference frame to deliver the presents. In our reference frame, we see the presents being delivered in the wink of an eye on Christmas Eve. Well, how does that actually work? How, how does the relativity cloud do that? If in, in the 19th century, when uh, we first understood the, the physical laws of mechanics, we used it to create all sorts of mechanical devices. And in the 19th century, once we understood principles of electricity, we created electrical devices. We now understand the principles of relativity, but haven't harnessed them uh, into engineering products. And we think that uh, Santa understands how to take principles of relativity, time dilation, space contraction, and turn that into engineering devices, and in particular, this relativity cloud. And the relativity cloud can move from the North Pole to the different houses, and inside the relativity cloud, um, Santa, in, in that reference frame, has more time uh, to deliver the presents. So how much more time does Santa gain by using this relativity cloud? Well, we actually have calculated that in six months... Santa, through 750 sleighs, a fleet of sleighs, can actually deliver the presents to the kids, cover the 122 million miles that need to be covered to deliver the presents to some 20 million children around the world. And in fact, the sleigh and the reindeer within that relativity cloud would only need to travel about 84 miles per hour, which can be accomplished, in fact, with uh, jetpacks on the sleigh and reindeer. Oh, I see. There's more than there's more than one sleigh. <laughs> we actually think there's a fleet. We think the elves actually help out, not just with uh, getting the presents ready, but also uh, with driving the fleet of sleighs. I see. Now that that was over a period of six months, but what about the one night here? Well, in our reference frame, it's 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 being done in in the wink of an eye in in the matter of uh, one evening. Oh, but to Santa's point of view, he's got six months to do this. In the relativity cloud, he's created more time for himself. I see. Uh, now, what about his sleigh itself? What's it look like within this relativity cloud? Oh, very, very high technology. Starting up at the North Pole, you have a sleigh port. It's a command and control center 
where information then is is taken from the North Pole into the Soleil uh, a database, optical architecture computers, pattern recognition, and all sorts of sophisticated algorithms to be able to know exactly what's the optimized route to take to go from home to home. And then um, at the once he gets to the houses, the relativity cloud itself can... Uh, reconfigure itself and morph through the tiniest of openings down into the house, even if there's no chimney, uh, get to the house. And at that point, we think that Santa has a nano toy maker where he actually grows the present right there uh, under the tree. A nano toy maker? <laughs> well, you know how uh, in organic material you have DNA growth, and in inorganic material you have crystals that grow. We think that through nanotechnology, one would eventually learn how to accelerate that kind of crystalline growth and different kinds of growth and actually create very rapidly inorganic growth, like a present wrapping and all. Oh, I see. So where, where is it getting its raw materials? What, just out of the air? Snow, soot, um, just the different materials that, uh, that are uh, right around the area. And he would have an, uh, an awareness of uh, the minerals that are needed different types of substances that are needed to, to put together under the tree to form uh, the presence and so forth. Well, how does he actually um, navigate and get the, the presence to each one of these houses? Because there are a lot to deliver to. Well, you know, that, that's funny. Uh, um, some people ask, well, wh- why does he use reindeer? And uh, we think that he has a, um, a whole herd of these uh, 750 or more reindeer that, that uh, do the deliveries, and we think that he biologically bred these reindeer to see well at night, to land on rooftops. But ultimately, we think the reason he's using reindeer is because he just loves those Arctic animals. We think those are his favorite animals. <laughs> and you said they were jet-assisted, jet though. And, there's, and they've uh, mounted jetpacks on the reindeer and, and on the sleigh to be able to go about 84 miles an hour. We've done wind tunnel tests to see exactly how he actually would mount the jetpacks onto the reindeer and actually control the system to be able to navigate. We found that uh, he could actually navigate with these jetpacks on the reindeer and sleigh very, very well, and that might explain how he can do some really interesting maneuvers. I I can see why this is all happening at 84 miles an hour, because reindeer aren't very aerodynamic. No, and... um, and I think they enjoy the ride. I think at 84 miles an hour, it just would be um, a lot of fun from the viewpoint of the elf. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing here, you, you're talking about how he has to uh, manufacture the toys using nanotechnology. But before that, he's got to know what toys to deliver and whether or not the children have been naughty or nice. Now, how does he know that? That's where really large antennas under the snow come in, because miles of antennas under the snow are capable of receiving electromagnetic waves. And listen, we use a phone right now. When you're using the phone, you can communicate clear across the world with people through wireless communication. We can take those electromagnetic waves, filter them, isolate which ones are coming from which kids, and then deciphering from also from those waves uh, whether the kids are good or bad and even what presents they want. And this is with antenna under the snow at the North Pole? We think there's a very large array of antenna under under the ice caps there at the at the North Pole. It sounds like his North Pole layer is quite a quite a place. How do you picture it? You know, you're talking about a community that probably migrated to North Pole some 500 years ago, and in the beginning they probably had to suffer the the hardship of the cold weather, had to grow their own food underground, but eventually they learned how to master all of these things, and that's in part why they have all of this technology. And I think at this point they probably live very comfortably through. Um, all of the know-how that they have. Well, you know what they say about uh, remarkable futuristic technology, sometimes it seems like magic. 
And, and it, when you open up the fridge in the morning and take some orange juice out of the fridge and it's cold in the box, I think that's pretty magical. And when you fly in an airplane and you, listen, and you talk to people, it's kind of magical. So it might seem so far-fetched to some people that Santa Claus can, can pull this off. But after all, the presents do get to the kids. And it's a magical morning. Dr. Silverberg, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Dr. Larry Silverberg is a rocket scientist and professor of engineering at North Carolina State University.